Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. You're listening to the Dana and Parks podcast on KMBZ. One of my favorite songs. 1984 it was. Indeed. That was a good year. It was a good year. Mm-hmm. It was a good year. 1984 was a very good year. <laughs> uh, story here from the New York Post. More than half of Gen Z shoppers prefer self-checkout lines and would even switch their store of choice for the ease of self-serve kiosks. Oh, good Lord. But it's not for the reason you're thinking. This is what's wrong with America. One third of Gen Z shoppers admit that they like to use self-checkout because they like to shoplift. Oh, no. One third. Scan that one. Not going to scan that one. Scan this one. Nope, not going to scan that one either. Not going to scan that one. Might scan. Nope. No. What was the word for it? It's called um, skip Skip scanning. Yep. Skip scanning. In fact, one third of young shoppers admit that they shoplift while cashing out at the self-checkout. This I just ju- don't understand that. I feel so guilty, or would oh. feel so guilty. Oh. Well, they're watching you. We just had a story where Apparently Target not. said they waited and waited, and it was a school board um, member, not a candidate, a school board member that um, was accused of skip scanning, not once, not twice, but like a dozen times for, what was it, $1,600? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, in. Yeah. And, you know, she would have 20 items and then, like, hover the items over, but no beep. Just kind of hover them over so it looks like you're... You you almost get a beep, but no, you don't. But you don't get the beep. Do you think they hover it over and go, beep? (laughs) (laughs) Wait, what do they they sound like when they're they're faking it? They scan one, and then they hover the next Uh one over and just go under their breath, you know, beep. Why did that one sound different? It didn't. It didn't. Beep. Beep. <laughs> Nothing to hear here. <laughs> uh, according to They'll a recent, I'm telling you, you'll get caught. According to a recent Lending Tree survey of two, yeah. And so what? So what if you get caught? I still can't believe that lady at Target. They didn't wait until she got over the thousand dollar threshold. Wasn't she from a Missouri, some town in Missouri? No, no, no. Or was wasn't it Missouri, but she is a school was a school board member. Who then resigned to quote focus on my family? Right. <laughs> uh, no, honey, you resigned because you're going to jail. <laughs> According beep. to the uh, recent Lending Tree survey beep, of 2,000 Americans, beep, nearly half of Gen Z respondents, nearly half of Gen Z respondents say they steal the most expensive item from their cart, while only 37 percent said they would do it for necessities. The school board or former school board member was from Collierville, Tennessee. That's right. That's right. Uh, but Gen Zers have an excuse for why they do this. They say it's a source of vindication. Quoting here from one Gen Zer, 
We have so many companies that don't care about their customers, only making money. If we can punish the corporation, we feel we have done our best. Okay, the way you punish the corporation is you don't shop. Shop there. You're just raising the prices for the rest right. of us. Oh my gosh. Okay. Beep. Okay. Said another okay. Uh, a 19-year-old, I don't believe that stealing from large corporations is immoral as it detracts from systems that exploit its workers and resources for economic gain. Okay, I have an update about the amputations in our town. You and it is just are obsessed. A snapshot and we do not necessarily know if all or some of these amputations came from the Chiefs game where it was 30 degrees below and there were people with shirts off and not wearing gloves. But here's the update from one hospital. Dana, by the end of the week, there will have been four, all involving either fingers or toes. And in the coming weeks, it looks like there will be four more, also each involving fingers or toes. I know you are going to ask if they are related to the Chiefs game. Staff does not typically keep track, so we don't know. All we know for sure is obviously each case was caused by cold weather. Frostbite is frostbite no matter where it happens. That's true. We will have eight by the end of the week, and they said none of the patients they have asked care to talk about what happened. Hmm. Probably because they don't remember because they were out at Arrowhead just and saying, they were drunk. Just passing it on. All right. What is, passing it on. What is the latest? You were going crazy about this before the show. What is the latest on Scott Peterson? Oh, boy. Oh, that deep dive story, that seven page long chronicle yeah, of the timeline it. is in the stack. I'm looking at it. I sent you the email. You know that the LA Innocence Project has taken this case back up. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you, I am concerned. I am concerned. Why? There were apparently four witnesses completely independent of one another who on the day that Lacey Peterson disappeared, saw her out walking her dog. They all had the same story. She was very recognizable. Uh, three of the four knew her personally as a neighbor. One of the four did not know her. They all have the same story that a very pregnant woman was out walking her dog at the same time. They all reported this to police, Scott, okay? Mm-hmm. And, and I'm going to read from the four witnesses, and I don't know if this was brought up at trial or not, but this is why the LA Innocence Project is taking this up. A man named Homer Maldonado, who did not know Lacey Peterson, said he was getting gas when he saw a very pregnant woman walking her dog. He remembered noticing she wasn't wearing a sweater or a jacket, despite it being 40 degrees outside. That's witness number one. Witness number two, Martha Aguiar, knows Lacey, said she saw Lacey walk by on what turned out to be the same street that another witness saw her, reporting her walking the dog. The next witness, Jean, did not know Lacey, said he saw Lacey on that same street, La Loma Street, and he recalled noticing Mackenzie the dog because his dog was the same color. Then here's the whopper. Tom and Elizabeth Harshman reported they too were driving between two and four and saw a very pregnant woman with short, dark brown hair next to a white van with a stripe. 
it appeared she was squatting and urinating outside the van while a scruffy-looking guy stood over her. They say they saw an arm reach out and pull the woman who looked scared into the van. Uh, That's a problem because according to this timeline that Sam has provided me, um, Scott Peterson checked in to the marina at 9.50 in the morning. All of this was between 2 and 4, and they all saw the dog and a very pregnant woman. And then we know, Scott, the dog was just found roaming around the neighborhood alone, and her next-door neighbor saw the dog, Mackenzie, and thought, what are you doing out? Put the dog in the backyard. So at some point, all these people see her walking with her dog. At okay, t- At 2 in the afternoon. At the same time, at 2 in the afternoon, very pregnant woman. Three of them knew her. Two of them did not. That's a problem because at 12.54 that afternoon, Scott Peterson bought a boat ticket at the Berkeley Marina, which was an hour and 37 minutes away. Yep. And then he comes back home and notices the dog is in the backyard and is like, "What's the dog is in the backyard. Where's she at? He gets gas at 325, left her a voicemail at 215. All of these things would be easily provable. Where was this at his original trial? Clearly not presented. He may be innocent, Dana. Without being graphic, I also want to say one thing about her baby boy, okay? Mm -hmm. She was 31 weeks along when she disappeared. A coroner testified that that baby appeared 34 to 36 weeks full baby, Scott. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that when the baby was found, he looked just like a baby. Did not look like, and keep in mind, no injuries. The the argument being that she may have been held hostage for several weeks. And gave birth later. Correct. In in captivity or in captivity. Custody, whatever you or want to say. Or did not give birth later, and the baby was in utero all of that time. There were no... The baby looked like baby had been sleeping, Scott. After mm. how, And how many... They found her a month later in the water? Correct. So somebody has said there is no way that that baby came out of her that day, for lack of a better way to say it, and went into the water that day. You would not end up with a perfectly intact baby that looks like a full-term sleeping baby. is it possible that he didn't do this? Oh, God. Where was all of this 20 years ago? He he had, didn't he have Mark Garagos? Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, Mark Garagos was his attorney. That's right. I just love how Scott keeps asking the question over and over again, hoping to see a head explode through that camera. Yeah. Here's the other thing, Scott. I'm just going to be honest. A man and a woman see a clearly pregnant woman squatting down and urinating that's odd with Mm -hmm. a van with a stripe on it next to her and then a hand pulling her into the van and quote she looks scared okay uh did they not get a license plate did they not follow the van did they not think we should call someone and tell them this is odd in our little was just dragged Mm -hmm. into a van Mm -hmm. who looked very quote very pregnant there apparently there's a documentary on hulu Sam, will you look that up if you don't mind? Uh, I may check I that out tonight. I'm doing that. I know what I'm doing tonight. <laughs> Where was all this 20 years ago? Or maybe they brought it all up, Scott, and it was all somehow. 
explained. Well, Maybe they found a pregnant woman who was peeing that got into a guy's van and said, but, oh, that was me. But, Dana, you remember what it was like 20 years ago. America had already determined that Scott Peterson was guilty of killing his pregnant wife. End of story. We're done. Convict him and he send him up the river. He didn't do himself any favors, dyeing his hair, being caught with $15,000 on his person, and a fake ID to skip to Mexico. Well, but if I thought I was being railroaded for a crime I didn't commit, I'm out. Uh, there is a six-part docu-series. Oh, I don't got time for six parts. On Hulu called The Murder of Lacey Peterson. In the of painting by numbers. And it features one. Somewhere out there, the devil is dancing tonight. That, that would be Nancy Grace. We know who it, we, know, we know who it is. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Huh. Four independent witnesses who did not know each other and who were not called to testify. There it is. None of those four that saw her were called to testify. How much was he paying fancy? Mark Garagos? 913-586-7798-586-7798. Welcome back. It is good to be with you on a rather foggy Thursday afternoon. Did you guys see the forecast this morning? I mean, it, it is rare. It is rare when weather in the Midwest gets attention on the national scale. Normally, really, yeah. Normally, you have to wait until the cold weather goes to New York, right. and then and then then all of a sudden they're like, "Hey, there was bad weather in this country." <laughs> right. Really. Uh, I was driving home from the gym last night. I thought the fog was bad yesterday morning. I could not see probably 25 feet in front of me on the highway. It was brutal this yeah. morning. Yeah, I mean, it was like the lead story on the Today Show this morning was the fog in the Midwest. And I love I, how they always go, 90 million Americans impacted. I know we beat yeah. this horse to death every time it's foggy. Turn your lights on because... Mm -hmm. When you get rear-ended at 70 miles an hour because you were only driving 30 because it's foggy and you don't have your lights on and you can't see, then there's two people that are mad. Okay. Okay. I yeah. have sent both Scott and Sam a horrifying photo that we are now going to talk about. This is from the Kansas City Star. A Kansas family says their teenage son slipped and fell on the ice and landed on a pair of pliers that then impaled him through his hip. I have seen the photo. I cannot look at it. I literally, I don't know what it is about impalement. I can't do it. I can mm. look at all kinds of things that are disturbing to the average person. When it comes to impalement, I cannot look at it. I have a gag reflex looking at this photo. I'm looking at Sam's face. Sam looks horrified. I'm guessing you just saw the photo. Uh, yes, I did not know that you had sent me that photo, and I wish that I had remained not knowing that you had sent me that photo. Why? You're welcome. Did, did oh. you look at the photo? I'm looking at it right now. Oh, my oh God. Oh, God. It makes my I stomach hurt look just impalements. looking at it. Okay, so listen to this. A Kansas teen was impaled by a pair of pliers after slipping and falling on the ice. The freak accident happened January 20th in the town of Wakini. The boy's mother, Alicia Zaman, shared the gruesome photos of the aftermath on Facebook and said that her son, Joey, 15 years old, was outside shoveling snow when he slipped on the ice. As he is landing, he's probably in shock, Scott, does not realize what has happened, mm -hmm. 
but notices, he says, that his pliers were gone. Well, they weren't gone. You still have them. I got up, quoting here, I got up and noticed my pliers weren't in my pouch. He's wearing one of those old leather, my grandpa used to have one of these. It looks like a knife sheath. It's like like a little uh, holster, almost. Yeah, holster that holds pliers. I got up, he says, I noticed my pliers weren't in my pouch. And I looked down and, quote, they were inside me. (laughs) It was not the business end of the pliers that pierced his hip. It is one of the long, dull handles. In x-ray images, the metal grip can be seen lodged several inches deep. Describe where this is. I know people hear hip and they think different things. It's actually a little bit higher and a little bit. Yeah. So think about uh, if if you're in your car, touch your left uh, abdomen, and it's above your hip bone, uh, probably about two or three inches. It goes through the left side of his abdomen, north of his hip bone. Correct, but I am looking at this photo, Scott. It's closer to his back pocket. Look at his jeans. Yeah, uh, that's what I'm saying. It's like right over here. It's like right. Yeah. Like if you're if if you're a guy my age, 52 years old, think of your love handles. It basically went through where your love handle would be. So dumb question because I'm not an anatomist. Hmm? Uh, are there ribs that that low? What no. what would be no, down you there? Would, you wouldn't have anything down there. Um, that would be. Probably your kidney on the backside, and then your large intestines on the front. Oh, God. Okay, here's why I ask. Joey, as most people would, and you're not supposed to do this, I don't think, because I've watched Grey's Anatomy. Joey tried to yank the tool out of his side. No. Oh, gosh, never do that, because that's when you start bleeding. Yeah, Yeah. because if you notice, looking at the picture, there's no blood coming out. Oh, no, it's in there. Yeah, Joey th- tried to yank the tool out, but, quote, it wouldn't budge. Well, that's a dumb decision. When he called her to say he was on the way to the hospital, his mom first thought, oh, my God, did he drive? His mom first thought he was joking. I couldn't believe it because I thought maybe it just poked it. She says or there was a little hole or something not literally stuck in there hanging out. Here we go. Joey was flown by helicopter to an emergency room in Wichita adding that the hospital performed a CT scan to make sure no major organs were affected. The physician told us that the end of the pliers were embedded in his bone. Oh, my God. And that's why he couldn't pull it out. (laughs) Wait, so it traveled up high enough to get stuck in a rib? There is no rib down there. There's a hip bone. It would have to be his hip bone. Yeah, maybe. Oh, it went through the... Oh, God, that's even worse. Oh, my God. There's a photo of this cute kid, 15 years old, thumbs up. He's got his iPhone. Just smiling. Dumb dumb. From the text line. How, Did he have a handle how? in his no, love handle? No, not a dumb dumb. Scott, he slipped and fell on the ice. So the momentum well, going down. Dumb dumb for trying to take it out is what I'm saying. He, wouldn't know, he would never know that. He is 15 years old. Never and, try to take those things out. Okay. But be honest, 100% of people, when you look down and there's a foreign object stuck in your body, your reaction is Get shock, number yeah, one. Sure, sure. And number two is to pull it out. God bless him. When I had a popsicle stick stuck in the back of my throat, the first thing I did was pull it out. What do you mean? Immediately started bleeding. Popsicle stick. Yeah, I was eating a popsicle playing basketball. Never a good idea. Sam, did you fall on it? Uh, No, my buddy threw me the basketball over his head without looking, and I also was not looking. And the basketball hit the square end of the popsicle stick and shoved it into the back of your throat. Yep. 
Gross. Yeah. Did you have to go to the ER? Uh, I went to the doctor, and I had gotten the bleeding to stop because I was gargling salt water for like 30 minutes waiting for my mom to show up. And we get to the doctor, and instead of doing anything about it, there was just a line of nurses coming in because they had never seen something like that before. <laughs> so I'm just showing off you, my... You know your injury is bad. Yeah. And this poor pliers kid, you know everyone's like, get a load of this kid in, in trauma room one. 913-586-7798. 586-7798. Festivus Friday tomorrow at 5 o'clock. The airing of the grievances right after the 5 o'clock news every Friday afternoon here on Dana and Parks. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time, baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world, screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. And then moving into the streets. List is out. Cities in America with the worst bed bug problems. Uh, Kansas City, by the way, you should take uh, great pride. You don't even make the top 50. St. Louis, you, on the other hand, made the top 20. Uh, Top 10 worst cities in the United States, by the way, St. Louis is 19th. Uh, Champaign, Illinois, number 10. Charlotte, North Carolina, number 9. Indianapolis, 8. Washington, D.C., 7. Detroit, 6. Not surprised. 5. Los Angeles. 4. Cleveland. 3. Philadelphia. 2. New York. And the number one worst city in America for bedbugs is Chicago, Illinois. Uh, The story goes on to give you tips on how to get rid of them. No, 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 uh, I'm tip good. number one: uh, Don't pour sleep gas, in a bed with throw match. <laughs> uh, I, look, I don't know that I can handle impalement and bed bugs in the same hour of the show. It's an either-or situation, and I don't need to hear any more about the bed bugs. I'm okay. good. You want to talk about impalement? No, I don't. Uh, breaking news from uh, Matt Fleener over at Channel Nine in uh, the last hour. I'm just going to read the tweet and then we'll open the story. A wrongful death civil lawsuit has been filed Wednesday in Jackson County claiming that a Kansas City Chiefs team physician who had just returned from the team's game in Germany struck and killed a good Samaritan while driving on I-70. Now, you guys remember this story, uh, but Sam, help us out here. Did a, did a car break down or there were two kids that had crashed so, or something? Yeah, there were two kids driving a Chevy Equinox uh, and... 
somehow ended up flipping the equinox. The report said that they left the roadway, hit a rock embankment, ended up back on the roadway, but were upside down. Uh, that is when a good Samaritan by the name of Mr. Piper, I can't remember his first name, uh, pulled over to stop and help. And a third vehicle, Robert uh, Piper, Robert, Robert Piper, yep. thank you. A third vehicle uh, struck Mr. Piper, killing him. Okay, I'm going to read the story now, and then we'll 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 break this down from Matt over at uh, Channel Nine. A wrongful death civil lawsuit filed on Wednesday in Jackson County Circuit Court says that a Kansas City Chiefs team physician who had just returned from the team's game in Germany struck and killed a Good Samaritan while driving on I-70 in Independence. Dr. Michael Monaco, according to the lawsuit, failed to keep a proper lookout in the eastbound lanes of I-70 near Lee's Summit Road around 1.47 a.m. November 6th when he struck and killed Robert Piper. Piper, as Sam mentioned, had stopped to help juvenile victims involved in a crash of their overturned Chevy Equinox. Investigators later said the Equinox was stolen. Hmm. Police shut down I-70 for hours that morning as they investigated and cleared the crash scene. The driver of the Equinox had flipped when Piper, his wife, and daughter noticed the crash and pulled over to help. Piper and his wife had just returned from vacation. Their daughter was taking them home from KCI. Oh, my God. Quoting here, as we navigate through the difficult time, following the tragic loss of Robert, we wish to express our heartfelt gratitude for the outpouring of support that we have received. Robert's death has left an irreplaceable void in our lives. His kind-hearted nature and dedication to helping others, especially in his last moments, reflected the very essence of his character. Our fervent hope, is that those responsible for this avoidable tragedy will be held fully accountable. Uh, Ralph Monaco, an attorney representing Dr. Michael Monaco, the team physician, said drugs or alcohol were not any sort of factor in Monaco's driving that he was traveling home at the time. It is devastating, he said. Mike is emotionally distraught over it. Our total sympathy goes out to the Pipers. It is just a horrible event. Dr. Michael Monaco is not facing any criminal charges. The lawsuit states he did um, remain at the scene after the crash. Okay. Um, and, and then let's get quickly to the Equinox before we go back. W- were the juvenile passengers, did they survive? Sam, do you remember? Uh, I did not see any report about them even being in critical condition. Because Piper was attempting to render aid to one of the juvenile passengers of the Equinox when this happened. Uh, Just for some timeline context, the Chiefs played in Germany the morning before for an 8.30 kickoff our time. Uh, So had he hopped on a plane to fly back to Kansas City shortly after that, Scott, I'm not familiar with how long it takes to fly from Germany. Uh, Eight hours, give or take. Uh, It is in the realm of possibility that he would have been leaving the facilities at that time. Here's what we know. Eight other vehicles approached the accident scene prior to defendant Monaco. Eight other cars were ahead of him and approached the scene and either slowed down or moved over to avoid hitting the Equinox and Robert Piper. And I'm curious where the Equinox was in relation to the shoulder. Well, and the uh, well, if it, had, if, it had, if it had flipped over, obviously it, it was not on the road, one would assume. Uh, it would have to be just slightly off the road. The initial crash report that I read was that it hit a rock embankment 
and launched the car back up onto the roadway. And see, and 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 for the, for the family of, of Robert Piper, I have nothing but the greatest sympathy. I, I can't even imagine. You know, here here he is. He's coming back from vacation with his wife. Uh, daughter's driving them home from the airport. They see a wreck. He wants to help. He gets out and he helps. Having said that, I also can't even imagine what it would be like to be the family of Dr. Monaco. You're coming home. There's no indication that he was drunk or under any sort of influence. Obviously, he wasn't paying as much attention as he should have. Is it distracted uh, driving, re- Scott? I, I'm yeah, asking. Prob- all, three, yeah, all three vehicles had their headlights and hazard lights activated, um, according to the video from the Missouri Department of Transportation. It shows Monaco approached the overturned Equinox, and Robert Piper had more than sufficient visual clues and warnings existing to put a reasonable driver on notice that there was an accident ahead and that they should slow down and change lanes. But what are you driving there, 75 miles an hour, let's yeah, say? Yeah, in a 65. He's, Crash he's, data said he was traveling 71. 71, 71 in a 65, okay. so he's barely speeding. You know this, Scott. You look down for one second to change the radio station. You sure. could be up, and that stuff's right in front of you. Now listen to his attorney. This was an unavoidable accident, mm. and he says the juveniles who crashed their Equinox are responsible. Quoting here from the attorney, these guys stole it flipped it and caused the wreck. And frankly, I think they are the responsible parties for causing it. Uh, if those allegations are true, I, I could, if I, if I was an attorney, I could certainly make that argument. None of this would have ever happened. Had they not stolen the car. That's right. Had they not stolen the car, they would have never flipped the car, allegedly, on all of that. Had they not allegedly stolen the car, then flipped the car, Mr. Piper would have never had to get out of his car to later be hit by another car. Would you get out on the highway to help, Scott? No. And you had mentioned potential for distracted driving. There didn't need to be any distraction here if he had been up all night on a plane. Well, yeah, he would have been dark. exhausted. Yeah. The attorney says there's no lights. It was dark. The accident had just happened. Now three cars did have their hazards on. Telephone number here is 913 586 Seven seven nine eight. This one's a tough one because this is the embodiment of what we call an accident. Normally, we try to avoid that word. We usually on this show will call it a wreck. It's a wreck because there was nothing accidental with the way that this person did this or this person did that. But in this case, we're talking about a man who has just flown in from Germany. All indications are was stone cold sober probably had jet lag, was exhausted would be my guess, having just flown back in from Germany from the Chiefs game. It's 1.47 in the morning. And while my, my heart breaks for the family of Robert Piper, my heart also breaks for the family of Dr. Monaco. What a horrible burden to go through life with, especially if he was sober. And a physician, Scott. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right, Dana. 913-586-7798. She is Dana Wright. He is Sam Stevie Third. My name is Scott Parks on KMBZ. Let's get to it. Uh, we only have a few minutes before the top of the hour. Uh, Kevin in Olathe. 
Hello, my friend. Welcome. Hey. You know, I was just sitting there and I was thinking that the story started off saying that it was a Kansas City Chiefs physician. And I'm just thinking that Andrew, the ambulance chasing lawyer, said, big money here. And if it was just me cruising down the road in my 72 Pinto with pins on it, that I would have been sued. I mean, my insurance would have been hit because I think, don't they have, you know, with insurance, you're, you have a certain amount of liability Correct. coverage for that type of stuff. So I think the lawsuit is, it's, it's a tragic asset, but the lawsuit, now, I don't, I don't support something like that. Well, but but the insurance company in any accident will pay. Mm-hmm. I, I don't fault the family mm-hmm. for filing. I, I you know th- this is how even if you were in a rollover wreck, Scott, and were minorly injured, and it was the other person's fault, and it looks like clearly this was the, the physician's fault. Your, your insurance company is going to pay out that limit, what, whatever it is. And and I'm with you, Dan. I I don't fault anybody who has been injured in a car accident or, God forbid, lost a family member in a car accident for going to the insurance company and saying, hey, I, I deserve something for uh, for pain and discomfort. Uh, when, I w- when I was in my car accident years and years ago, it was 1988, March of 1988, uh, we settled with an insurance company. I mean, everybody does. We, we might bring this back at the top of the next hour, and here's why, Scott. This is a Channel 5 story from November 6, 2023. An early morning joyride involving teenagers and a stolen car ended in a crash killing two people, including a good Samaritan. Okay? Mm-hmm. One of the teens in the car also died. 2 a.m. Mm. on eastbound I-70, just past Lee Summit Road. Mm. I am literally watching this. A stretch of I-70 was shut down after five kids in that Chevy Equinox went off the road, hitting a rock embankment, which flipped the car, Scott, back onto the highway and into a collision with that F Ford 150. One of the passengers in the Chevy died. The others were rushed to the hospital. Where are the charges against the four other kids in that stolen car? Because I can certainly make the argument that that is negligent homicide. One of the kids in that car died, and a good Samaritan died. You don't charge those kids? Crimes that happen in the operation of a felony? Yes, or whatever the verbiage is. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and therefore they... I don't know that it rises to, like, felony murder, but none of this happens if five kids aren't joyriding in a exactly stolen right. Chevy Equinox. That is exactly right. Quick break for the news. Dan Weinbaum's got that coming up in two minutes. We will see you on the other side for the fourth and final hour, the Thursday edition of the Dana and Parks program. Don't forget to check out our podcast, the Dana and Parks podcast, available anytime you want. Just go to KMBZ.com. Thanks for listening to the Dana and Parks podcast. Remember, you can catch us online anytime at KMBZ.com. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.